Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. This episode goes live on Halloween. Happy Halloween. If you haven't followed me on Instagram, you probably don't know how obsessed I am with cosplay and role-playing and dressing up for different occasions and conventions. So Halloween is certainly one of my favorite holidays. So I hope you're having a blast. You have fun plans in place inside the bedroom and perhaps you can wear some of those sexy costumes inside the bedroom and spice things up. If you haven't listened to the Tuesday episode, you're probably wondering why we're releasing two episodes for in a week. As I shared with you guys several weeks ago that I'm releasing various episodes answering your questions. And I have interviewed many experts and the interview has been processed and they are in queues. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm releasing this bonus episode so I'm answering your questions in a timely manner so you wouldn't need to wait for months to get answered to some of your questions. So again, I've been guilty of not being able to answer some of these questions as quickly as I was hoping to, but this is a special episode only for answering questions. If you have a sex-related question and you wanted to get answer from it, you can email me at drmoali at sexologypodcast.com or you can record your voice at sexologypodcast.com. I love to hear your voice, your thoughts, and answer some of the questions you might have. So the first question comes from a female. I call her Sarah. Her name is a little bit unusual, so I I don't want to give her name out if she didn't want it to be mentioned. She said, Dear Dr. Moali, I'm 24 and I'm currently a master's student in engineering. I have recently listened to your podcast and I have learned so much from it. First, I wanted to thank you for the podcast. You are talking about something that has not been discussed before for us. And it really helps me to answer the questions I always had, but I could not ask. I was ashamed of or I could not find the answers to them. So here's my question. I have always had this fantasy about being spanked by hand on my partner's lap. I should add that I do not like the pain and I do not like being completely helpless in this situation. And I ask him to be gentle and not hurt me seriously. But still, as I'm also a feminist, I am very ashamed of this fantasy. Although it is the only way I can experience orgasm. Can you help me with the hidden meaning of this fantasy? Thanks in advance. First of all, Sarah, thank you so much for for your kind feedback. It's my absolute pleasure to help you with this process of getting accurate sex education. As many of you guys know that this is a labor of love. And the main reason I'm doing this, because I grew up in a conservative community and I feel I never had access to right, accurate, on a sex education. Whenever I was asking questions, people were either extremely uncomfortable about answering it or 
they were giving me a random, non-accurate information. So I'm glad to help you with this journey of self-discovery and sexual education. First part, I wanted to say, you might feel that this is a unusual fantasy you have or there's something wrong with you. But research studies shows that getting spanked is one of the common sexual fantasies that many women have. There was this article published in 2014 on the Journal of Sexual Medicine. The title was, What Exactly is an Unusual Fantasy? They interviewed 1,516 adults and they listened to their fantasies and they kind of categorized them and they did all kinds of fancy statistics around it to see what are some of the common sexual fantasies that people are having. I leave a link in the show notes to the article, but the part that's relevant to us that they talked about women's sexual fantasies. So they talked about how common it is for women to have submissive sexual fantasies. They talked about being sexually dominated was reported by 64.6% of women in the study being tied up for sexual pleasure, 52.1%, being spanked or whipped, 36.3%, and being forced to have sex, 28.9%, were all reported by significant proportion of women. So 36% of the people in that study had the same fantasy that you had. And you might be surprised that why it's so common for women, many independent women, to have those fantasies. One of my favorite sexuality books are published by Michael Bader, and the, the title is Arousal. And he talks about the unconscious purpose that our sexual fantasies uh, serve. And he talks about how our sexual fantasies is a tool for us to be able to feel less guilt and be more more present during sex. And it talks about how this kind of fantasy of being dominated is unconsciously is a reassurance that we're not hurting our partner. Because many women, especially in conservative communities, were consciously and unconsciously learned that there's something wrong with their sexual desire or good girls don't have that much sexual desire and they just don't want to express it because they feel it might hurting their partner. And the other piece is many of us women, including me, myself, we've been socialized to kind of being a take caregivers and making sure that we are meeting people's needs and we are quote-unquote good girls. But being in a submissive role, it gives you this opportunity to let go and experience intense sexual pleasure without being worried about someone else's needs and whether you're meeting their needs or if it's too much for them. So your unconscious mind, in a way, try to help you to kind of feel more relaxed during these situations. Another great book around sexual fantasy was published by Dr. Justin Miller. I interviewed him few months ago. And his book is Tell Me What You Want. I leave a link in the show notes to to my interview with him. But he talks about how common it is for people to have uh, fantasies around submission because he talks about that we don't want responsibility of taking control. It's psychologically 
change us from a person to an object. And in order for us to be able to enjoy sex, sometimes objectification is a big part of it. And it helps us to get out of our head and it helps us to kind of stay more focused, especially for people who are feeling more anxious around sex. Again, just of the story is that what you're experiencing is normal. Perhaps it's a way that your brain helps you to feel relaxed. And it's wonderful that this fantasy brings you to orgasm. It seems like you haven't talked about it with the partner. And you you probably are an expert on whether you wanted to bring it up with your partner or not. And perhaps one way of bringing it up without outing yourself is that you can tell your partner, honey, I was listening to this podcast and this uh, doctor told us about how common it is for women to have submissive fantasies and fantasies around spanking. And I might I might be interested. What do you think about that? And if you can kind of gauge him and see what would he say, because I I tend to be more direct and I was like talking about it with one of my sex therapist male friend and he said, what if the partner says, where did you learn about this? If, if you say that that's something that you are interested in without giving the context, that's I think that's fair. So you can say you heard about it in the podcast and you can talk about how do you want it played out? Definitely whenever you have, you're playing out your sexual fantasy for the first time with your partner, it's really helpful if give him lots of information about what you might like and have some kind of safe word in place. So you can able, you are you would be able to stop the process. And I would start with kind of something like as gentle as you mentioned, kind of like maybe perhaps starting with light spanking and then kind of adding other stuff that you guys were always doing and kind of see how much you like doing it in real life. Sometimes some of our fantasies are more attractive if it remains in our mind. But if you can play it out, it's one of those fantasies that can be easily played out. So the next question I got is from another listener. It's a male. Dear Dr. Moali, I heard some of your podcasts and they were good. I have a question regarding male erection and how to know it is hard or soft or it's not hard enough. So he, this person wrote me a long email saying that he doesn't think that he has an issue with being hard enough, but this is what the partner mentioned. And he talks about his being able to engage in sexual activities two to three times per day. And he said like everything goes well, but he wanted to know how would one know if they're hard enough. Thank you so much for sending your question. It's one of those tough questions. I wish I had more context around it. It worries me that it's not necessarily something that you noticed. That's not, you don't think that's an issue that you have, uh, but this is something that what your partner said. And our genital might be different than someone else. So if you are feeling that you were hard enough during the sex with the partner, I wonder if this is a new partner and they had different sexual experiences. So I, when, you, when I read your email, I was thinking another, about another clients I had many moons ago. First couple I had for sex therapy, the wife it was a heterosexual couples again many years ago. And the wife told me like, you know, we're not able to have satisfying sex because my partner has micropenis. And micropenis is something that has a medical 
medical definition, the penis needs to be very small, smaller than quote unquote what's normal. And we've been kind of like, I've been talking about different strategies and what they can do in the bedroom. And the wife was adamant that he has micro penis. And this is, this is not going to work out because there's something wrong with his penis. So a month back and forth between me and them, uh, and obviously as a sex therapist, I have no way of knowing if his penis was small or big, big enough. So I had to contact the urologist who was working with him. It was one of the most kind of awkward questions, like consult that I had. I was like, okay, Dr. So-and-so, this is the dilemma I have. And the urologist said, what? And he was like furious. So apparently there was nothing wrong with the male clients, but apparently the female had another sexual partner and only one other sexual partner and the size was very different. And she wanted to have exactly the same experience she had with him, with the husband. And there was so, like, she was feeling so rigid about uh, what was acceptable. And, and I kind of, perhaps I wonder if this is a new partner that you had and perhaps she has this kind of a specific rigid definition that she has about sex. And I always tell my clients the same thing, that sex with different people feel different. Like you were watching completely different movie. I would get a different emotion from Sex and the City than watching than Fast and Furious. People's genitals are different. The foreplay is different. So we need to be open to how we can improve the sexual experiences we have with our partners and we treat it as a new scenario. All these things to say, like perhaps it's, it's a great possibility there's nothing wrong with your penis if this is something that you have not, you have not had issues in the past. But if you are kind of thinking about perhaps there's some issues, there was this wonderful scale online. Uh, I found it on International Society for Sexual Medicine that talks about erection hardness score and talks about zero to four. And zero is penis does not enlarge. One is penis is larger, but not hard. Two, penis is hard, but not hard enough for penetration. Three, penis is hard enough for penetration, but not completely hard. And fourth is penis is completely hard and fully rigid. So if you feel like you're going through this and you're, you feel like you know, you're scoring lower and then where you want to be, oftentimes I tell people the good place to start is going to your urologist. Because sometimes the issues around erectile functioning is a byproduct of physiology and biological challenges that people have. Medical illnesses, for example, cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, low testosterone, they, they need to be ruled out before you're doing any kind of counseling. And then perhaps if you and your provider feel there is something wrong with kind of like testosterone level, they can kind of help you with testosterone, balancing your testosterone level, or there are different remedies as far as medication, sex therapy that you can take. But if you, again, because what's important is you're telling me that 
you don't feel there's anything wrong with your penis. I don't know if it's coming from this place of shame or it's it's a reality. If it's it's a reality for you, I encourage you to talk about it with your partner about, honey, what would you want more of? What is, what's the sensation you're looking for? And there are tons of different ways that you can create those. There are wonderful sex toys that you can incorporate. Some people use cock rings, which is you can find it at drugstores, that it's a ring that you put around your penis and it helps with erection. Or perhaps you can incorporate toys with her. You guys can explore non-penetrative sex prior to introducing penetration. So there's a world of options out there. It's just a matter of you being comfortable with bringing it up with her and kind of like being curious about what she wants or he wants more of and how can you guys as a team problem solve that. So last question I have is from Samantha. She says, hi, my name is Sam. I have been listening to your podcast for about a week now and I have been very interested. You have covered a lot of topics that are very close to my situation, but I do request more guidance. I have been in a relationship with my life partner for almost six years. I'm 26 and he's 27. We do not have matching libidos. I have a very high sex drive and his is almost non-existent. When asking him why he never wants to have sex, he says he wants more life experiences with me. But when I ask him what he would like to do, he cannot answer. Even when I suggest things that he has previously been interested in, he says no. He was on recreational drugs for about two years, and he's now six months clean. I know this can have an effect on sex drive, How can I get him to be more interested in sex? It is getting to the point where I'm starting to resent him because of all the rejection, but he does not see it as rejection. He does not understand why I'm so upset when I'm trying to love on him and he tells me he's not in the mood or he completely ignores everything I'm doing. Samantha, thank you so much for writing and thank you so much for listening. My heart goes to you because it's really hard to be in a relationship that your partner is is not having the same sexual desire that you have. And being a woman and being interested in sex and kind of the partner not being interested in sex at times can be actually more challenging as well. Again, I'm just generalizing it, but I know that usually the script that many people have in their mind is that I have to be an object of desire. My partner, male partner in a heterosexual couple needs to want more sex. So why? what's wrong with me that my partner doesn't desire sex? So as you said, there could be a number of different things going on here. Maybe his substance use history kind of play a role in it. Sometimes people emotional challenges have play a role in it. So I had several bonus episodes on depression, anxiety, OCD, and its relationship to people's sexual desire. So I would be kind of curious to see why he's not interested in sex. Because you're right. He said, like, I, I want to have more life experiences. Sounds very, very general. Part of me wonder if there is something that he desires and he wants more of and he feels conflicted about sharing those. The good place to start kind of talking to him about why do you think as a couple, sex could be important for the relationship? You can tell him 
about your experience. Perhaps sex is a love part of your love language and that's how you experience love and affection from your partner and tell him about some of the struggles that you have about not getting enough sex in the relationship. And again, it's very normal to have this challenge and some couples go through different seasons of sexual activity and in their life. So perhaps... It could be a season that's kind of a more challenging for you guys, but you want to make sure you address it so it wouldn't turn to a long-term problem. But I would start with telling him about why do you think having more frequent sex can help the relationship. You can talk about how this is something you want more of and how you feel the relationship can strengthen because I think sometimes we need to have motivation to change things. Without knowing the motivation, we might get stuck in the same loop of you're asking for sex, he, he doesn't want to give it, you're been doing the sex and kind of being part of it and you might feel rejected. So starting with why is it important for the relationship that you guys have sex? I think that's more frequent sex. I think that's very important place to start. Partly you can talk to him about what are some of the kind of adventurous things that you guys can do together. I'm releasing this checklist around adventurous things a couple can do to spice up their sex life. I'm releasing it, I'm hoping next week. And they have like different levels of adventure. And you can go through it with him. You guys can answer it separately. And I have 101 activities that you can do. You got to be interested in something there. And perhaps you can choose something from either level one or two or three, and he can choose something as well. So he can give you some ideas about it. And then perhaps you guys can take turn in initiating sex and incorporating one of those activities on the date night. Usually when I tell people when they get stuck in this cycle is take turn initiating sex. So I don't want you to be a person who's initiating all the time because then you're getting stuck in the same dance. Our goal is to change the dance. So if you're initiating this time, doing one of those adventurous thing from the list, perhaps he needs to initiate the following time. So that's one recommendation I have. The other thing is people might experience desire in different time. So I really talk to him about when are you feeling ready for sex? Is it morning, lunchtime, afternoon, evening? And when he's already and talking about some of the great sexual experiences that you guys had in the past. You guys are younger, so I'm sure you had tons of fun, adventurous sex before. So you can talk about how you guys were doing then, what were some of the things you were doing then, and kind of like sometimes talking about past experiences can rekindle some of that sexual excitement. And if you feel like you're trying the list, you're trying to talking to him in a non-attacking way and you're not seeing result, it's one of those common situations that few sessions of sex therapy can resolve it. Because sometimes people are looking at these issues from different perspective and they need a mediator or a counselor to help them navigate this. So I would kind of definitely, if you try it for like, I don't know, three months, this new approach with kind of taking turn and um, initiating sex, incorporating fun things, and you don't still don't see movement, 
then that perhaps that would be a good time to look into finding a sex therapist. And you can talk to them about it, that if we're trying these things and it's not working, then perhaps after a few months, we can look into sex therapy so, so he would know what would come next. So here's are some of my suggestions. Again, I know it's really hard to be in a relationship that your sexual needs are not getting met. I personally find sex is the glue of the relationship and good for you for kind of taking action to kind of resolving this issue by sending the question and hopefully you will talk to him about it. Anyhow, this was all the questions I had for this week. If you have been listening to this podcast and you find it helpful, please make sure you're subscribing, you're sharing it, and most importantly, you're writing us an honest review in iTunes. Anytime you write us an honest review on iTunes, it helps us to go higher in iTunes chart. And the most important part of it is it will give us more visibility. My goal is to be able to reach as many people as possible because it's really tough, as one of the listeners said earlier, to get accurate information around sex and sexuality. And you guys are my marketing team. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to send me your questions and have a fun, wonderful Halloween celebration. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.